Okay, it's been quite a service. We're not done yet. So why don't we uh, click through some of these just to get us started to, uh, to go through some things. Hit the next one there. Buy her a diamond, get a free hunting rifle. Which is, I think, what we end on there. Is that the last one? Oh, there's one more. Okay. <laughs> so, so next week's a good time to visit. I, I won't be on vacation, but I'll be doing a missions thing down in uh, Cara City. So, anyway, uh, as we get started for the message today, um, let's remember Ken Corliss. Um, he's been put in the emergency room and going to be moved. It didn't uh, look too good this morning. So. Pray for him, pray for Sharon and the family, and uh, I'm sure all of us have, have prayer needs, but let's just have a word of prayer as we get into the message today. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning just uh, for who you are, and we just thank you so much for your word, and, and even as we've heard reports today about the, how powerful your word is, uh, we just thank you that we have the privilege of having, having it, being able to read it and understand it and, and come to know you. Lord, we also just lift up those who need a special touch today, and we just pray for um, the Corliss family. We pray for Ken, Sharon, and just ask you to be with them, and your healing hand be upon that situation. And, and Lord, uh, along with the needs that we have, we also rejoice in how you're working in our lives. But right now, we just quiet our hearts before you and just pray that your word speaks to us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So being how it's uh, kind of Gideon Sunday, and we're talking about all sorts of things. Evangelism becomes kind of an important element in a church life. But along with that, there's a lot of elements to a healthy church, but one of them is a church that evangelizes. And if we look at uh, the passage in Romans here, I just want to read Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. These few verses here tell us volumes about sharing our faith. And I want to talk about basically four questions in this passage. The Apostle Paul has just finished uh, telling the Roman Christians that Jesus was all that was promised through him, and it's all available if they would just trust in God, if you go back to verse 11. But anyone can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That's verse 13. But this leads us to a series of questions. The first and second question reveal the importance of the gospel. In the first question, Paul asked the question, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? You see, the gospel message that we read about in the Bible is not made up by people. And when I look at this question, I see Paul asking the Roman Christians, what is the source of the message? Is the message of Jesus something that is worthy to be believed in or not? I mean, what's the source? Because if the message, the gospel message, was cooked up by some kind of Galilean fisherman, we would know that and we would realize that it's not worth living, not worth believing. 
If the gospel message was taught by some philosopher somehow, we would know that and we wouldn't believe it. If the gospel message had not been proven true through countless lives over thousands of years, we would know that it's not worth believing. But what we've got to realize is the gospel message comes from God himself. The originator of the gospel is God Almighty, the creator, the alpha, the omega. And it was God who sent his son to die for us that, so that our sins might be paid for. The sacrifice of Jesus was God's idea. The sacrifice of Jesus was a promise and it was fulfilled. It's from the God of the universe that this message of Jesus comes to us. And so when we call on him, we can believe. It goes to the second question. How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? Paul's telling us that the message is communicated in one way. It, it really spreads from person to person. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Mark 16, 15, Jesus said to them, Go into the world and preach the good news to all creation. Acts 1, 8, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 8.5 tells us that Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. You see, each of us as Christians have a charge to share our faith. That's really what evangelism is. Evangelism is the personal communication of the message of Jesus. People come to know Christ because probably someone shared the gospel with them. Someone handed him a, a New Testament, a Bible. So these first two questions tell us the message of the gospel is supremely important. The third and fourth questions in this passage, they reveal the plan of God. The third question Paul asks is, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And you probably look at it here and go, well, we got enough preaching going on, you know. But Paul tells us, that the message of the gospel is supremely important. It's communicated person to person. And it's us that are doing the communicating. A message needs a messenger. Verse 15 concludes with the exclamation of how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The message is really important, but the messenger is too. But the plan of God that each believer takes the message of Jesus to those who do not know. And it's part of God's plan that the message of Jesus be communicated really one person at a time. Now I want to bring up one more truth about the messenger, and I think it's worth mentioning. Paul tells us that the source of the message is worthy because it comes from God. We know that the message itself is good. We know that it's pure. We know that it's true. But as messengers, we also need to be all of those things as well. You see, our lives 
need to match the gospel. Now don't take some of this wrong here. There's a reason that overweight people don't sell exercise videos. There's a reason why bald men don't sell hair products. <laughs> There's a reason why people who use their smoke alarm as a timer when they cook do not have cooking shows. The message and the messenger should match the message if that's going to be believed. In 1 Peter 2, verses 11 and 12, it tells us, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Our lives need to match our mouths. The people that we love and care about will not believe the message if we're saying one thing and living another. Which brings us to the fourth question that Paul asks, how can they preach unless they are sent? See, the communication of the gospel is an action. We have to act. Now listen to this. I mean, if you've fallen asleep through the whole thing, just tune in a little bit, just, just for a second here. I want you to realize that there is a place for living your Christian life as an example to those around you. We need to be doing it. It's a wonderful thing to do. But just living our lives is not really evangelism. I mean, listen to Paul on this. He basically says, sharing your faith is an action. It's a conversation. I'm communicating to another person. And generally you have to speak in order to communicate with those you're clothed with so that you know the gospel. Your life, being a good example, might show that you're different than the world. That's a good thing. But I think sometimes we've got to go farther that we need to be prepared in order to give an answer. So the plan of God is that each of us communicate with the words of the message of the gospel of Christ. Now, these four questions that we talked about need to be answered in our own lives too. The Apostle Paul put these questions to practice in his own life. He believed and he taught that the message about Jesus Christ was a divine one that came from God. He also knew that each believer needed to communicate the message about Jesus. That's why he went from town to town, synagogue to synagogue, all those places, to do his very best to communicate the Word of God. Paul lived the talk. And when the time was right, he was able to tell someone about Christ. But they could see the evidence in his own life. If you go read the book of Acts, the majority of the book, or all of Acts really, the majority of the New Testament, are proof that, God, that Paul did so much in spreading the gospel. So I have a couple questions. Actually, I have a lot more than a couple that I think we need to take personally. 
First off, do you have a faith in Christ? Do you know the message of Jesus? Do you know what and why you believe? That's pretty basic stuff. Are you able to identify anti-Christian ideas when you hear them? And another thing that Paul might ask, how can they believe in the one they haven't heard? Do you have people in your life that do not know Christ? Because I think we all need to have people in our lives that we can be witnesses to. So if you have somebody that doesn't know Christ, when was the last time you talked to them? Paul says, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Does your life match the message? Are you somebody else during the week and, and you're a really good saint on Sunday? Would people know that you're a Christian just by them knowing who you are? Do you know what to say? I think that's probably the key. Myron taught a class a while back on how to share your faith. Do you know what to say? There was once a really good church-going man. He was a barber, cut hair. And at church one Sunday, they had a sermon on evangelism and sharing the faith. And man, he was so moved by that. He signed up for some evangelism classes and witness classes and soul winners classes. And he spent weeks in that class. He memorized scripture. He had diagrams that he had practiced to draw out how people could come to know Christ. He rehearsed his testimony well out. He, he, he knew it by heart, knew what he was going to say. And finally he says, I think I'm ready. And so he prayed. That barber prayed, God, bring someone into my chair today who needs to hear the salvation story. Well, sure enough, after he finishes his prayer, this big burly biker man with chains everywhere and tattoos everywhere and rough looking guy. He comes in and he announced that he had lost a bet. And as a result, he needed this barber to cut off his beard. Well, the barber goes, boy, this is the answer to my prayer. But I'm a little nervous about this. How am I going to tell this biker? I've rehearsed. I'm kind of nervous. How is this biker going to take the message? Is he going to listen? Is he going to get angry? And he kept thinking about, what am I going to say? And he lathers up the, the biker's beard there. And then he takes his leather strap with his razor, and he's sharpening it on the leather strap. And he nervously bursts out to the biker, are you prepared to die? <laughs> We need to know what we're going to say. As you live your life for Christ, we need to be good examples, but we need to know what to say. And I'm a firm believer that one of the best ways that we can share and have something to say is just share your personal testimony of how you came to know Christ. You don't have to argue with them. 
You don't even have to convince them. We let God take care of that part. We're just the messenger. We just need to share Christ and let God take care of the rest. Our scripture, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let's all practice bringing the good news of Christ into people's lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you just for this wonderful time of worship and praise and your scripture and your word. And we thank you for the testimonies that we've heard. We thank you for the Gideons. And Lord, we just thank you as we get ready to sing a hymn about how important the wonderful words of life are. Lord, I just pray right now, if there's anyone here who has never given their heart and life to you, that right where they're sitting, they will ask you into their heart. But Lord, maybe we all need to look at who are the people in our lives that we are sent to be examples to share our testimony with. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you care deeply about us. You care deeply about everyone. And I just pray that we can do our part in spreading the message of the gospel. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.